The devil loves to play on our specific insecurities and weaknesses. He's going to use your job, your boss, your spouse, and even your children to keep stabbing at that weak point. And not only does he use everything and everyone around you to carry out his schemes, but he also gets you with the added benefit of tricking you into thinking that your problem is everything and everyone around you. He uniquely supplied us with strength because it's the only way to be victorious in what we have to face in this world. So there isn't some day in the future that you will need your armor and you can relax until then. Today is the day to armor up. I want to spend the next couple of podcasts talking about standing firm in the Lord. Standing firm in the Lord. Something that motivates me in my studies of the Bible is the great disconnect or great chasm between what the Bible says and our experience of life. To say it motivates me is an understatement. It consumes and obsesses me because I must reconcile why our personal normative seems so far off from the truth of God's Word. According to the Bible, we should be overwhelmingly victorious. We should be filled with peace that passes all understanding and joy that there are no words for. And yet a simple observation reveals a people, in my experience, that are famished, weak, overtaken with circumstance, and quite frankly, losing the battle. It is my attempt to uncover exactly what the Bible says so we can actually live the victorious life that God has granted to those who believe. And so we are going to take this passage word for word so we can cement it into our hearts and really know what it's saying so we can really believe what it's saying. Let's read through our main text. We will only get through verse 13 today, but it's important to frame the whole passage. Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning in verse 10, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm therefore, having girded, up, girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let's dig into this starting in verse 10. He starts off by saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The word strong is the Greek word indunamo. It means to make strong or to endue with strength. The idea is to clothe oneself with strength as one who puts on a garment. When it says be strong in the Lord, it is in the passive voice. And this is so key because the passive voice means that the subject receives the action. It's better translated be strengthened because you are the recipient of God's strength. 
It's interesting that the way that this verse is translated in many translations is exactly how we live it. Be strong in the Lord. And so we bite our lip and clench our fists and we get determined. We pump ourselves up and we say, I'm going to live for the Lord. And the first step we take is in our own strength. How many steps do you make it before you fall flat on your face before him to begin doing it in his strength? Something interesting to note when it says, in the Lord, it means that this strength is uniquely and exclusively supplied to those who are believers, those who are in the Lord. He didn't uniquely supply us with his strength because we would be facing things we could overcome in human strength. He uniquely supplied us with strength because it's the only way to be victorious in what we have to face in this world. It's also in the present tense which means that God is not only the one doing the strengthening, but he's doing it continuously. He is continuously supplying you with his power and his might. Calvin wrote concerning this verse, quote, Paul adds, in the Lord, as if he said, you have no right to reply that you have not the ability. For all that I require of you is, be strong in the Lord. Wow. Let me repeat that. You have no right to reply that you have not the ability. For all that I require of you is be strong in the Lord. This verse is saying you are being continually strengthened by the might and power of God. And so do not shrink back from combat. Put your armor on. It's actually a command. Paul is saying, I command you to continuously be strengthened by the Lord. And it's really a command to stop doing it in our own strength if you think about it. The verse goes on to say, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Strength here means presence and significance of force, or strength rather than its exercise. It's a word that is never used to speak of a human in the New Testament, and it's designed to stress the power of God, which none can withstand and is sovereign over all. It's saying you are being supplied with power from the one who is all-powerful, God himself. And the word might means ability. Believers are constantly being supplied the ability by God who is stronger than all. Can you imagine what we would do in our lives if we lived like we believe this? Sometimes we can get so caught up in our reading plans of the Bible instead of taking it verse by verse and saturating ourselves in it until it becomes a belief that produces transformation in our lives. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But if you do it in your own strength, it's heavier than any other burden because his will cannot be carried out in your own strength. Nor can we defend ourselves against the attack of the enemy in our own strength. And so God is saying, walk in the continuously supplied strength that I am giving you. Let's continue to look at the verse in verse 11. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Notice he says, put on the full armor. This is a command here in the middle voice which means this is our responsibility to do for ourselves. In verse 10, it says, you've been continuously supplied with the strength of God. Now use that strength and put on his armor. 
Put on simply means to envelop in or to hide in or to clothe with. Notice it says the full armor of God. The Lord offers to us arms for repelling every kind of attack from every side. If we don't put all the pieces on, we are not only susceptible to the attacks, but we provide the enemy with an area of weakness to target. And believe me, he will exploit it. The words full armor literally mean all weapons. It's saying arm yourself with every weapon that God has supplied because you are going to need it. It's also in the aorist tense, meaning once and for all, put on the full armor of God. Don't keep taking it off and putting it back on. You're only making yourself vulnerable. Put it on and leave it on. And what do we need this armor for? Look at what it says next. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The word schemes here is the Greek word methodia, which we get the English word method. And it means orderly and technical procedure and handling of a subject. It means cunning arts, deceit, craftiness, and trickery. You see, the devil knows exactly which specific method to get you with. In fact, if you look just behind what you're dealing with currently, I bet you will find the same route that it always is for you. The devil loves to play on our specific insecurities and weaknesses. And don't be naive. He's going to use your job, your boss, your spouse, and even your children to keep stabbing at that weak point. And not only does he use everything and everyone around you to carry out his schemes, but he also gets you with the added benefit of tricking you into thinking that your problem is everything and everyone around you. How many marriages has he wrapped his schemes around to tear apart, both individually and collectively? How many mental disorders have you diagnosed yourself with late at night thinking the problem is you? How many relationships with our children have been so cunningly eroded? How enraged are you about the politics that are going on right now and when you watch the news? Don't get caught up playing whack-a-mole with the symptoms because they are specifically crafted to entangle you more. Listen. He isn't coming with a pitchfork and horns. He works in and through the world systems and everyday activities in your life. That's why the verse commands us to put on the full armor so no vulnerabilities are left unarmed and open to attack. And so it says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm or take stand against the schemes of the devil. Look at the next verse. Because it illustrates so perfectly what I was saying earlier about not fighting the symptoms, but the root. Verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. He says our struggle isn't with the things or people that we see right in front of us. The struggle is with Satan and his demons, and they would love for us to blame the symptoms instead of the root. It's saying, see the schemes for what they are, because the moment we go on attack against the symptoms and not the root is the moment we create more unnecessary chaos in our lives. It's a slippery slope once you take the bait and fall for the trickery. In fact, Millions of people lay on couches of therapists for years chasing after some root cause from their childhood to explain their current struggles. 
If you haven't spent years on this path, I can tell you from firsthand experience that there is no answer in sight except for new areas of bondage deceptively cloaked as temporary relief. The word struggle, when it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, is the Greek term that references the Greek athletic games for wrestling. Thayer defines this as, quote, a contest between two in which each endeavors to throw the other, in which is decided when the victor is able to press down and his prostate antagonist, namely, hold him down with his hand upon his throat. Wrestling in the Greek Olympic Games was no civilized practice, and this is the word that Paul uses here. It was many times a battle to the death. There were no rounds, no time limits, no weight classes, and many times no rest between the first victory and your next opponent. Many of the matches ended in the loser having their eyes gouged out. Paul is saying that our battle is not a fair fight with an enemy that follows the rules. It is a relentless and brutal fight, and your enemy will not stop until victory is gained in your destruction. John 10.10 says the devil, or as Jesus called him there, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So why does Paul use the word wrestling before he talks about putting armor on? Surely a wrestler isn't suiting up with armor. Because he's illustrating the nature of these attacks. He's using wrestling to speak of a contest at close quarters and an individual contest between the Christian and his demon enemies. In fact, most wrestlers in the ancient times competed in complete nakedness. He's saying the attacks are going to come from things closest to you, the areas that are the most vulnerable to you, even the most hidden areas of your life. He's also saying it's your individual battle to face for wrestling is one-on-one. In other words, no one else's armor is going to protect you from these attacks. You must put on your own armor. Don't rely on your affiliation with other Christians or the church that you go to to be your armor because it's only the illusion of armor. This is exactly the trap that Satan sets for most people. He says, if I can just get them to think they are protected because of who they know or what church they go to, I can completely destroy them and their relationship with those they once viewed as their protection. This leads to a life of bitter isolation in which he has you all to himself to play with as his personal toy of torment. And so while other believers and our church is an instrument used to encourage us in this battle, everyone who is a believer is responsible for gearing up and armoring up. Let's look at the last verse for today. Verse 13. It says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. It starts off by saying, therefore, meaning because our fight is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers of darkness, we must put on the full armor of God because any other defense would be rendered useless in this fight. So many Christians are trying to use worldly weapons to fight an enemy that is not of this world. We can be so easily blinded and tricked into using worldly weapons like positive thinking or self-help and psychological techniques, all of which leave us in worse shape and more broken than when we started because our techniques don't work and won't work against the enemy that is spiritual. And so he says, therefore, take up or put on the full armor of God. 
Once again, this is here in the aorist tense. Put it on once and for all and keep it on for the entire course of your life. He's saying don't relax in the discipline necessary for the constant need of protection. This reminds me of a verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, where it says, Do not grow weary in well-doing. To grow weary doesn't mean to quit or to give up. It literally means to lessen in effort, to back off from giving it 100%. And just to remind us all, how do we accomplish this? Verse 10 again, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The sheer fact that we are always needing to be reminded of the fact that we are to do this in his strength only shows us how quickly we can run to fight these battles in our own strength. And so it says, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand, stand firm. The word resist means to stand against or to stay standing. It's saying the only way to keep standing is to take up the full armor. What does it mean when it says the evil day? It simply means the day you face the attack from the evil one. By the way, every day since the fall of man is the evil day. So there isn't some day in the future that you will need your armor and you can relax until then. Today is the day to armor up. And so these verses are saying, You are continuously being supplied with the strength of God. And using that strength, I command you to put on the armor that God supplies because it is the only defense against the attacks that you will and are facing. Do not deviate from your armor or get comfortable and relax so that you take your armor off, but stand firm with that armor on. In the next podcast, we will get to the specific pieces of armor. And now that we know we need to once and for all put this armor on, because we are always susceptible to the schemes of the devil, we need to know what each specific piece means and how it functions as protection for us.